Hey, all of you true crime addicts. Not only do I love creating true crime content, but I love listening to other creators as well. I have a newfound show I have been listening to. It's rated five stars and, well, I'll let them tell you all about it themselves. It's definitely not just a podcast. Our goal from the very beginning was to make audience members feel like they were a part of the investigation, a part of what we were doing. We got lucky with True Crime Access. We had all these FBI files. We had the actual FBI interviews. We only had access to the nameless side of all these missing persons cases. And we thought there was going to be something in common between the different victim types where we could look at it and go, okay, he's using this location. The main reason for that is because of the disposal of the bodies. There's nothing been found. When absolutely nothing has been found of what we think are, you know, multiple victims, we knew that if we put our heads together, we might be able to come up with some commonalities. And I was really lucky to have people around me who were very supportive of going through this whole process. And that made it that much easier to to put together what is now known as true crime excess. This episode is sponsored by True Crime XS. Find them on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to let them know Pocketful of Crime sent you. Hello, my Pocketful of Crime fam bam. Welcome back to my show. Guess who? Yeah, it's me, Rachel. Who else would it be? I have some exciting content planned for you today and a new segment that you will learn all about at the end of the episode. Today's case is one requested by a lovely local listener, Sean. He also was so generous to donate to the show fund and any donations and support I receive from you all goes directly back into the show. So this donation provided a second mic for my guest speakers, as well as a soundproof shield for my mic to block out any unwanted noise, sound, and it helps cut down on my editing time. So thank you, Sean, for the support and enjoy the episode. Darlene D. Krashock, born August 22nd, 1966 to Betty and Paul Krashock of West Virginia. Betty described Darlene as a heart of gold who would help anybody. Darlene enlisted in the U.S. Army shortly after graduating high school. She was a beloved daughter, sister, friend, and soon-to-be soldier. Betty and Paul begged Darlene not to enlist in fear of what could happen to her. In Betty's own words, quote, she was pretty headstrong. She was determined that she was going to do what she wanted to do. And she did. And my worst fear came true. End quote. In the year 1987, Darlene was an active duty soldier stationed at Fort Carson in Colorado Springs, Colorado. She was assigned to the 73rd Maintenance Company. She was 20 years old only a few months shy of her 21st birthday, when her life would come to a brutal end. You are listening to Time Will Tell. Mm-hmm. 
It was March 17, 1987, in Colorado Springs, Colorado, when Darlene was seen for the very last time alive. Darlene spent the night at a nightclub called Shuffles, just six miles of where she was based at Fort Carson. She spent the evening dancing and having a few drinks with her fellow friends within Fort Carson. Darlene was last seen leaving the club between midnight and 1 a.m. 5.20 a.m. that early morning of March 17th, a patrol officer on duty spotted a body dumped behind a Korean restaurant. That body would soon be positively identified as Darlene Krashok. The scene of the crime left many clues leading investigators to determine the body had been moved from the original murder scene to the back of this Korean restaurant. There were few leads to go off. Brutal death for Darlene remained an open wound for her family with little to no answers. Darlene's sister made a comment to Army Times, quote, she was beat to death. The evidence from the scene and autopsy were collected. Witnesses were interviewed, yet the trail still went cold. The nature of this murder itself was brutal, very violent, and sexually motivated. Darlene was raped, beaten, and choked to death with a wire clothes hanger. Bite marks were even recovered from her body. This was back in the 80s, so technology and resources were yet to be made available. There was DNA collected from the crime scene, just too little to be tested back in the 80s. The sample remained in evidence until mid-2000s when it was forwarded to a lab, which revealed two DNA profiles, one being Darlene and the other an unknown male profile. I want to backtrack a little bit to two days before the murder. Darlene's mother recalls receiving a frantic phone call from her daughter, seeming to have gotten cold feet about enlisting, which was not in Darlene's normal character. This call, she seemed afraid, no longer wanted to be stationed at Fort Carson, for reasons she never did tell her mother. Was this a plea for help? Was she being harassed or intimidated by someone on base? someone targeted her, waiting for the perfect opportunity to attack? Well, police asked Darlene's close friends, family, and fellow soldiers on base, and no one could understand why someone would want to hurt Darlene. She was well-liked. She didn't raise a commotion the night at the bar. She didn't have any apparent enemies. Who would do such a thing to a woman with endless potential and so much opportunity ahead of her. With the development in technology, and now the DNA profile of the suspect, a composite image was created. The likeliness of what the potential suspect looks like or looked like by Parabon Nanolabs. The image generated was a Caucasian male, hazel eyes, medium to light brown hair, spray freckles across the skin. Two images were developed, one of what the suspect would have looked like back in 1987 versus what he would look like currently based on age progression. 
the images released brought focus back to the case, but no leads. Despite the $10,000 reward offered by the United States Army Criminal Investigation Command. Wow, say that five times fast. A few more years passed with no leads, despite having an image of who the suspect might be. No one seemed to know this man, or offer him up to authorities anyway. Genealogy DNA, ancestry testing, became very popular at this time. Home DNA kits mailed right to your door. Swab your cheek, mail it back in, and a few weeks later you receive your ancestry background, where your ancestors originated from. Now that's a whole different conspiracy theory episode in itself. I bet you didn't know that they sell your DNA. Wait, so you didn't read the fine print? This genealogy DNA was also a technique that had become popular among the criminal investigation units. Identifying unknown DNA profiles by submitting the DNA sample to the database and trying to link the profile to any distant family or cousins in return making a family tree to trace back and to a logical suspect. Well, this is just what investigators did in this case. The DNA profile of the suspect was submitted and a distant cousin turned up, which allowed investigators to work backwards, forming that family tree. Soon enough, the sample was traced back to who the investigators thought to be the suspect in the murder of Darlene, three decades prior. So they think they have their guy. The only problem is they need a DNA sample to compare to the sample from the scene to make a positive match and connect him with the horrendous crime. His name was Michael White. At this time, he was 58 years old. Police were able to locate Michael and place him on surveillance as he traveled back and forth between work and his home in Thornton, Colorado. Call it luck, karma, or fate. On one particular day of surveillance, investigators observed Michael dispose of a drinking cup in a trash receptacle. Investigators recovered the cup Michael had drank from and discarded and took it to the lab to see if they could get a DNA sample from the cup. A DNA profile was recovered from the cup. Michael White's sample and the sample of the suspect in the Darlene murder case was compared. Match. Three decades later, 32 years leading up to this moment, Michael White just so happened to have been stationed at Fort Carson in the same time period as Darlene and when she was murdered. June 13th, 2019, the quiet suburban neighborhood in Thornton where Mr. White resided was soon swarmed by police as well as military police. As you can imagine, the neighbors and community were shocked. Talk about giving the housewives in the neighborhood something to gossip about. Michael White was charged with first-degree murder and held in an Adams County jail. 
Darlene's mutilated body was dumped like garbage, but she was anything but trash. She was a daughter, sister, friend, and soldier. She had a heart of gold, they say, would have done anything for anyone. Michael White's wife stands by him and his innocence. Betty, Darlene's mom, recalls the day she heard the news. Quote, it was almost too good to be true. Time just kind of stood still. Prior to this, Betty and Poe had never heard of Michael White, and they are in utter shock why he chose to hurt their daughter. Betty stated, quote, I would tell him I feel sorry for his mother because he took my life away when he took Darlene. So I can only imagine what his mother feels like knowing what he did. I don't want him to die. I want him to live. And I want him incarcerated for 32 years. Michael would have been 26 at the time of the murder. His criminal record was clean. Michael pled not guilty February 18th of this year. This Friday, May 29th, 2020, Michael is due in court for a motion hearing. Pre-trial readiness is set for June 26th, 2020, and jury selection will begin July 13th, 2020. That is if everything goes according to plan with COVID. Until then, he is innocent until proven guilty. I pray the jury will make the best decision based on what evidence they are provided with. Most of all, I pray and I wish the family of Darlene some form of closure when this is all said and done. The sad reality is this won't bring her back. This doesn't make a wrong right. This just means Darlene can pass on and rest in peace knowing justice was served. And now, only time will tell. That wraps it up for this week's episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed. Be sure to give me a rating, review, and share if you like my content. The reviews and ratings help my show grow, but most importantly, put the biggest smile on my face. I'm going to play the trailer for the new segment that will be featured at the end of my episode starting today. I released this trailer on Memorial Day, and while I'm on the topic, I hope you all had a safe Memorial Day. Thank you once again for all of the troops, brave men and women, current and past, who have served this nation. It is an honor to be free. Roll the clip. What does it mean to be all-out American? You just might be if you know that camouflage is not a one-color, one-print-fits-all. If you have gotten blistered heels, breaking in a new pair of combat boots, felt the cold chain of dog tags across your chest. If you have taken an oath to serve and protect the United States of America, even if that means laying down your own life, missed your first child's birth, being 7,000 miles away, sleeping on a cot with nothing but pictures to keep you going every day. No matter the amount of tours, no matter the branch, no matter the ranking, you are all out American. I remember the feeling like it was yesterday, saying goodbye to my big brother about to deploy on his first tour to Afghanistan. It would be 11 months before we could see each other again. The gut-wrenching fear, anxiety, not knowing when you would get a phone call, 
just him wanting to catch up or something far worse. You begin to build a deeper respect for the men and women who leave their families to serve and protect this country, missing their children being born, missing birthdays and milestones, resorting to Skype, phone calls, and letters to communicate to the outside world, active, retired, or those who have passed. I want to be a voice for you, offer you the respect and appreciation that you all so much deserve. I've chosen to do so, with a new segment being added to the ending of each Pocketful of Crime episode. I will take five to 10 minutes each episode to talk about an inspirational story, American hero, veteran. I was recently driving through a nearby town about 30 minutes from where I live. When I stopped at a stoplight, I look over to my right and I see a veteran sitting on a duffel bag full of everything owned to his name. Next to him was a big wooden cross. Attached was the American flag and a Palmia flag. This man served our country, offered his life for our freedom in return. Now he is sitting at the corner of a busy intersection, living off of spare change to get by. I was heartbroken. These men and women come back from combat, thrown back into the fast-paced world, with little resources available. What resources are available? Require a waiting list. On average, 22 veterans take their own lives per day, or one every 65 minutes. This is when I knew, deep in my gut, I had to do something. No matter how small, one small act to do my part in standing up and fighting for those who have fought for us. I'm no longer asking you to donate to my podcast. All funds will be donated to a charity of your choice or a few I have chosen. Mission 22 supports the veteran community with three main programs, veteran treatment programs, memorials, and community social impact. Mission 22 treatment programs include post-traumatic stress disorder, injured veterans, brain injuries, and more. Mission 22 has been awarded Seal of Transparency 2019, Guide Star, and 2019 top-rated nonprofit. Links and ways to donate will always be in the show notes. Another nonprofit I would like to stand beside is the Wounded Warrior Project. They recognize every warrior has a next mission, transitioning back into civilian life. With the support of donors, communities worldwide, the Wounded Warrior Project is able to give a voice to the veterans, helping empower and support them on their journey to recovery and their families as well. Both of these charities donate 100% of the profits to the programs. Links are down below. This Memorial Day, I want to say thank you to all the brave men and women who have served or serving this nation. Freedom is never free. Think of that today. And one more thing. Hi, Mom. Thank you, Bill Stanley. Gracias a todos los veteranos de guerra. Gracias a todos los veteranos. Thank you for your service. Thank you for serving Amanda Bochel and Matt Portolano. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Tristan Keefe and Austin Reisner, for your service. Thank you, Sean Selters, Kenneth Pear, and Josh Katz. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Curtis Sauer, for your sacrifices in serving this nation. We are so proud of you, and we love you so much. Thank you, Uncle Curtis. Thank you, Kaiser Bessler. For your service. Thank you. 
A hero is someone who has given his or her life to something bigger than oneself. Thank you for your service. From all of us at Campfire Coffee, Colorado Springs, to everyone that served, thank you for your service. A huge thank you to all the troops who have served and are still serving to secure our freedom and safety. Your courage does not go unnoticed. God bless you all. Thank you, Robin Northrup, for your service. We love you. Thank you, Mama, for your service. Shout out to all the vets who have made America the land of the free and the home of the brave. Thank you for your service. To all those who have served, especially those who have made the ultimate sacrifice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you. What did you guys think? Goosebumps, I know. So, my first interview and guest, star of the very first All Out American segment, might sound familiar. Yes, he was in the trailer clip. His name is Corey Cantrell, 29-year-old Army veteran based at none other than Fort Carson. Of all days to be talking about Fort Carson, I will play the audio, but first let me give you a brief background on how I found Corey. I came across him in a news article, a young man opening his own mobile coffee trailer amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. What caught my attention about this is my first reaction was, this is badass. I hope Governor Polis likes lattes. A quote I took from the article I read I want to share really quick. Quote, I feel a small business opening during this pandemic will bring positivity and hope to the community during this crazy time. End quote. That I really hope it does. You can join Campfire Coffee for the grand opening this Friday, the 29th. Details will be included in the audio. Go follow them on Facebook and Instagram or call text 815 Eight three zero one six nine two. Thank you again, Corey, for participating in All Out American. Roll the clip. So I'm originally from Illinois, and what brought me to Colorado was Fort Carson. And uh, at the very end of 2013 is when I joined the Army, went to basic training down in Fort Benning, and then got stationed up here in Colorado at Fort Carson. So. I was 11 Bravo, which is infantry, and I was in the 1st Striker Brigade combat team. Mm-hmm. And 138 was my unit, Bravo Company. And I did one term there, did three and a half years. Um, during that time was mostly when the Obama administration actually was doing a lot of cutbacks, downsizing the military was really going on. Um, so my unit during that time didn't deploy. So while I was there at Fort Carson, we trained and trained for those orders to come down. We never got them. 
Um, and then, at, coming up to the end of my term, I actually landed a job in Vogue. So I took that job and, and got out of the military, and, and I've been doing that since, up until this year when we started to get Campfire Coffee going. So, are you still um, currently living in Colorado Springs? Yes, absolutely. So I never left. Um, yeah, we, me and the wife, we, we loved it here in Colorado. We fell in love with Colorado Springs, and we really didn't want to go back to Illinois when I got out. So fortunately, things worked out, and we were just really blessed with um, the job opportunity that I got coming out of the military, and that basically allowed us to stay in Colorado, and specifically Colorado Springs. Coming from a Colorado native, what's your favorite thing, I guess, about Colorado that made you guys want to stay? Oh, it's the scenery, for sure. But we, I mean, I fell in love with the mountains. Being from the Midwest in Illinois, it's it's mostly farmland, I guess, and, and the more rural areas out there, it's just like cornfields everywhere, so... When people ask me that, I say, yeah, I definitely traded in the cornfields for the mountains, and even to this day, I definitely do not regret it. Yeah, I live in the eastern plains of Colorado, so cornfields is very much um, my everyday scenery. I can still see the mountains. Yeah, I'm, I'm a flatlander. I can still see the mountains from here, but not nearly as good, and we have to drive, like, I'm an hour from... Denver, so an hour east of Denver. Tell me about your coffee adventure, kind of what started that for you, you know, starting that business and kind of how it got going. Um, it, it actually started in January of this year. We, we bought the trailer and we've been getting our, our equipment and everything from all over Colorado, but we bought our trailer and out of Florence, Colorado is where it came from and somebody was using it out there for a really small like little coffee thing that he was doing. Um, but yeah, we've always loved coffee. I mean, the industry, we've always wanted something for ourselves. Really starting this business was, we started viewing it as a personal invest investment with our time, money, energy. You know, we wanted to start just basically putting our work in, into ourselves instead of big name corporations or some other boss. And we kind of got to that point where we're like, okay, well, let's just kind of stop talking about it. Let's get serious. Let's make it happen. We're like, okay, well, what, what can we do? So my wife, she's got so much um, to, to the business. She's been super hands-on and she actually brings most of the coffee knowledge into it. So she is currently a, a part-time barista. So she has all the knowledge on espresso machines and you know, how to do the brine properly and how to get just the right espresso shot pull. And I've been actually learning from her, but I've been more on the business side, which is not the fun side of a business, getting licensing, getting permits, figuring out things with the state, with the city. And neither one of us have ever owned a business, so, um, and we have nobody in our immediate family or anything that has either. So we're really just jumping in this learning as we go. And then March, yeah, March comes around and we're like, okay, We've had the trailer now for a couple months. So like it's like literally like March first. Like I start making calls, getting information about permits and, and license tax licenses, and like I'm going to offices in Colorado Springs in person. I don't know. It's like March third or fourth. Everything comes down, and it's a big outbreak, and the city starts closing offices down. You know, a few days after that, and we're just like in limbo at this point. And we had that moment. Where we're like, well, what are we gonna do? Should we pause? wait a few months, see what's going to happen, or, you know, just try try to get through whatever we can. So we're like, you know what, I mean, we're here, there's no point on waiting because we don't know where the country or where the state's going to be a month from now. And 
Yeah, it made it really difficult and because now instead of going into person and getting information immediately that I needed to move this process forward, now I had to communicate over an email and send an email and wait, you know, 24 hours for a response. Wait, if you call on Friday, uh, you're not going to get that call back till Monday because they only work business days and things mm-hmm. like that just made it super difficult, scanning documents, emailing documents. And, and added so, yeah. regulations and rules to follow and... Uh, exactly. I mean, for somebody that's just starting a business, that's sure difficult to kind of get thrown into something like that. So, um, did you guys go ahead and get your business license and all of that? Were you guys granted that? Yeah. So up in so like from March up until literally today, I've still been working on the process. We've got we fully completed the process with the health department. Today, I just secured our process with. Um, zoning and development, you have to go to their office and get signed up on. So mm-hmm. um, we have all the permits done. We have all of our sales tax licenses. And basically what we did today, literally today, was we submitted our business application to the city clerk. And all they got to do is process it. And we'll have our at our final business license in about uh, three or four business days now. So. Well, congratulations. Yeah, we are right there. So what are your plans with the trailer, the coffee trailer? Are you going to be at one specific location? Are you going to kind of park at busy intersections? What are your plans? Um, and that's a great question. So we're going to start. There's a, a church parking lot near where we live. And I, I talked to the owner there, the pastor, and he's going to allow us to use his parking lot. And I, I still work full time. I have three days off a week. So we're only running the trailer three mm-hmm. days a week. And we're going to use this parking lot. It's 2975 Jet Wing Drive. It's at the intersection of Hancock and Jet Wing in Colorado Springs. And um, we're going to be there um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays till about 6 a.m. till noon. And that's kind of one of the good things about a, a trailer or any of the, the mobile food trucks out there. You can kind of dictate your own hours. You know, if it starts getting really slow, you can close up early. So, I mean, the schedule's flexible, but for the most part, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 6 a.m. to about noon. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. then, and so the, the second part of your question, Rachel, was yeah, we can move around. We can be at, you know, other roadways on shoulders as long as we're not obstructing traffic, is what the city told us, or pedestrians. So, mm-hmm. you know, we can park on side streets and we can, you know, we can even go into somebody's neighborhood. A lot of communities that are right now are asking for food trucks to come in, like HOAs are asking for food trucks to come in. Are you able to venture out of Colorado Springs and say attend like a an event um, and kind of set up your truck there? Yeah, so um, those things do require special permits, but that's something that we definitely want to grow into. And and that was another dilemma because now all you know big concerts and big outdoor festivals are, are shutting down for the year. Like for example, um, Colorado Springs has a festival called um, Territory Days huge event, three-day three day thing, and um, they've already canceled, and that holds like hundreds of, of food vendors. However, when things get back up and going and these events start popping up, yeah, we can go to those special events out of El Paso County. We have to coordinate with whoever's putting that on, but we want to do that because we, that will help our get our trailer out of Colorado Springs, get other people, and basically get exposure to move around and meet new faces as well. I also wrote down a quote here, um, an article that was written up about you. Um, I feel a small business opening during this pandemic will bring positivity and hope to the community during this crazy time. Do you have anything more to say about that? 
Yeah, that, that's awesome that you quoted that. I appreciate that. And, and when, the, when the news agents reached out to us to do that, I mean, we're excited. And, and how, what we told them and how I, I do truly feel is there's so much, you know, people are on edge right now. They're, you know, they're nervous about what's going on in the world and, and in their personal communities. And they're seeing businesses closed down. They're seeing people get laid off and, and their own family members getting laid off. So it's a hard time for a lot of people. It's just like a lot of, if you get wrapped up in it, it's a lot of negativity. And I feel like, you know, a, a small-owned business is a business and something that people can relate to, that they can go and, I mean, we're still obviously carry out, so we're allowed to be open, but that they mm-hmm. can go to and see a smiley face and be like, wow, you know, all this is going on, but here's just a little piece of something that's opening, that's trying to do their own thing and overcome basically the pandemic. I think that that alone can just bring hope and positivity to people that says, you know, that even in your hardest times, you can still get through any obstacles that come your way. If you are really determined and, you know, it doesn't matter what's out there. There's always something good to find. There's always a silver lining and something. And I think that just our, our trailer is just a little piece of that that might just bring that hope to people that, you know, at the work of that coming to a complete end and, you know, Campfire Coffee opened in, in the middle of it, basically, right. and they overcame it. So right. that's how we feel, and I hope people can relate to that. That's awesome. Yeah, you guys are offering, like, a little cup of sunshine. That should be a name of one of your drinks. <laughs> yeah, good. I like that. So what um, made you guys choose the name? Was it you? Was it the wifey? How did you guys come up with yeah. the name? <laughs> no, good question, Rachel. So, um... So um, my brother is also helping us get this up and going, and kind of, kind of a co-founder as well. And he's also he's actually active duty military at F. Warren, yeah, in, in Cheyenne, Wyoming, for the Air Force. Awesome. So, yeah. So he's been helping us too. So the three of us collectively, um, you know, we like we know that Colorado people are very prideful in their state. They're very prideful in what this state is, is in summer is being active and being outdoors and loving nature. And, and we personally love going to the mountains and camping. We love going to the mountains and off-roading and coming back to the campsite, turning on or starting the campfire and, you know, roasting marshmallows, having some drinks around the campfire. And like, you know, those are like the best memories you have with people that you care about. You don't right. have somebody you don't like around your campfire. It's oh, going to be your best friend. You know, it's going to be your family. Right. And that's when everybody calms down and, they reflect on the day and they laugh and they tell stories and jokes. And to us, I was like, man, it's a real, you know, it's, it's a real Colorado thing that I think people can connect with. Awesome. So I think it was the three of us, because we sat and talked about the name and we had so many different ideas and we really just decided what can Colorado, the people of Colorado relate to when they see our trailer, when they see our name and the atmosphere that we provide when they come and visit us, whether it's side street or a parking lot what can we bring to them that makes them feel like yeah this trailer is us this coffee trailer is who we are right so we went with it and, and throwing in and trying to incorporate the you know the colorado sea i call it from the flag mm-hmm. most of that is, um, was the wife's idea she kind of came up with that drawing and let's make the sea part of both words and that so the mm-hmm. logo um i would say was like majority her design yeah. For sure. So what kind of coffee slash drinks or things that you guys are going to be offering on your menu? Yeah, so your, your, your standard line as far as iced coffee, hot, blended, 
But then outside of that, we're going to be doing um, cheese as well, along with fruit smoothies. And the only food we're pushing out is prepackaged um, breakfast muffins. So everything is we're 98% beverage based. But those coffees, um, you can, you know, your Americanos, your cappuccinos, your um, it, your uh, macchiatos and that. Um, and then we got, I think we're having 28 flavors in there. So we're, we're having specialty drinks. So like, if you're used to going to like Starbucks or even, I don't know, how many people are familiar with Dutch Bros? Mm-hmm. But then we got a lot of inspiration from Dutch Bros. We love them. And right. so we have a lot of specialty drinks. Oh, we have like a five menu specialty drink. Or if you're like, like no, I'm, I'm kind of confused. The, the coffee seems a little intimidating. I don't know what to order. We have great specialty drinks that, that are just super yummy. They put so much time into them and making sure our ratios and measurements were good. So if you're like, you know what? I know I like this flavor. I know I like this flavor. Look, we can come up with it for you. We can blend it. We can make it ice. If you want something hot for the cold mornings, we got you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no problem. Absolutely, and don't forget the whipped cream. Definitely. <laughs> I feel course. like I need like a sticker that is right below my driver's side window that says always whip. I mean, because everybody asks, whip or no whip? And I'm like, all, the answer is always add the whip. Well, congratulations, you guys. That is so awesome. I definitely am going to have to make the two-hour trip just to come try the coffee someday. We um, definitely appreciate it. When, when you come, you'll have to remind me who you are. I can't reach out to your podcast with you and your drinks on us. Um, absolutely. Love that. If you find yourself in the streams during one of our days on. And, and also, I guess I should should throw out there if people want to um, stay up to date with our schedule when we're going to be open all that is going to be on our social media pages which we have on Facebook and Instagram perfect and both yeah both Facebook and Instagram is the exact same um, username or tag name and it's all one word it's Colorado Campfire Coffee perfect and there we're going to be keeping everything updated as as we get closer to opening dates which we're planning tentatively for Friday of next week, which would be the 29th of May. Okay. So if they like our um, Facebook or Instagram at Colorado Campfire Coffee, they'll find that out for sure. Perfect. Well, you'll have to keep me updated on that opening day if that's going to stick in what hours and where you're going to be located. I'd love to be there. So yeah. Well, I expect you guys to have a drink on the menu named Cup of Sunshine. I like it. Definitely. But most importantly, thank you for your service and tell your brother, thank you for his service. We appreciate it. And uh, it was such a pleasure talking to you and good luck on your new coffee adventure. Yeah. And Rachel, I know you have a lot of family you mentioned as well that's been in the service. I appreciate all of you guys. And again, Thank you for reaching out, and I, I hope that people in Wiggins, Colorado, and, and everybody that listens to you enjoys this story as well. If you or someone you know knows a veteran you think should be featured in an upcoming All Out American segment, email me at alloutamericanvets at gmail.com. If you can, donations are always needed and very much appreciated. Two charities I have chosen to work alongside are Mission 22, 22 Soldiers, and Their Lives Every Day also the Wounded Warrior Project. Links will be below. Thank you, Corey, for your service. Freedom is never free. Think of that today. Join me for my next episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Pocketful of Crime to keep up to date with what Pocketful of Crime is up to and additional content. 
Links are down below for charity donations of your choice if you kindly choose to do so. Go show your support for Campfire Coffee. I have an audience of 2% from the Springs, so if you were listening or are nearby, go grab a cup of joe for me. Until next time, stay weird, my friends. Oh, and one more thing. Hi, Mom.